Hey there, I'm Jade. And I'm Josh. And on this episode of Our Taste is Trash, we reviewed the indie sci-fi romance Fingernails, discussed the end of the actor's strike, and took the upcoming A24 thirst trap of a film, The Iron Claw. So remember to rate, review, and follow wherever you listen. Stick around. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome into another episode of Our Taste is Trash. I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. Jade, it has been a week. I've been uh, kind of traveling a little bit, but uh, caught up on some movies, caught up on some shows, and... I think the most exciting thing that's happened this week, well, in TV and movie, not in our lives, but, you know, <laughs> our, our, my life can be pretty boring. You're, I don't know about you, Jade. You probably have something going on, but yeah, the SAG-AFTRA strike, the actor strike, is finally over. 118 days, longest yes. strike in the union's history. History, yeah. But it's it's really exciting because it seems like they're getting a lot of what they went on strike for. Absolutely, which deservedly so. Um, but yeah, it looks like they they got a you know, it settled on a seven percent general wage increase for the first year of a contract, um, and which I think the total package includes more than one billion dollars in new wages and benefit plans. So that's an incredible win, I think. And I mean, seven percent is a big deal because I think they originally wanted eleven, but the studio right. was only going to give them like three or five or something like five. that. And I mean, yeah, they were talking about like with. You know, like a lot of industries with cost of living increases, these mm-hmm. actors were literally living. I think it was something like eighty-five to ninety percent of actors in the guild were living below the poverty line, based yeah. on how they were getting paid, which is just mind blowing. And or weren't making enough money to qualify for health insurance under yes. the contract, which is mind blowing. Some of these people, some of these people were working like you know, five, six, seven projects a year and still couldn't afford to get health insurance because of the way the contract was set up. Which is nuts. And by the way, just for people to understand, like a lot of times when you're an actor on a set like this, your schedule can be so sporadic. So it doesn't leave a lot of room to supplement with a secondary income that is reliable. That's why a lot of actors are still servers or like work in industries where they have more flexible hours because it's hard to supplement when you don't have kind of a set schedule. You know, I I kind of, listen, I'm not saying that some actors aren't well, well compensated for the work that they do or or overcompensated (laughs) compared to a lot of us. But for those who have never been on a film set, it can be actual work, like hard work. You might not be digging ditches 24 seven, but you are rehearsing. You are there for makeup. You are sometimes just having to stand by and be ready for your hours. Like I've never been on a film set, even on something that's very low budget, less than eight to 12 hours. Like that is a day. That's just a normal day on a film set. And you're doing those back to back to back yeah. sometimes eight, Especially nine, 10 days in a row. When your background, it's, you have to be in literally. So if God forbid you're in a, like a little snippet of a shot that you have to be there every single time they film that every yep. single time you have to be there for consistency. And 
it's long hours and it's long days and it's a lot of work and you have to be kind of on the whole time because you as background actor don't want to take from what's happening in the forefront. So you can't be distracting. So you have to be consistently giving the same performance every time, even if you're not a background actor, even if, again, you just have a small role, like maybe you're just the, the guy that works the coffee counter in a couple <laughs> scenes, yeah. you know, and you're like, Hey, your usual Mandy, like that's, still a day's worth of work. That's and you've got to deliver like, that line perky and excited, even if it's the first take or the yep. 37th take. You have to do it exactly. every single time. It's uh, work. But, you know, one of the other exciting things, Jade, in this contract is one of the big issues for both the writers and the actors when they were going on strike was the use of AI, which is the big buzzword. Every yes. like AI is in every industry now. But one of the scary things in the SAG after a you know kind of contention in their strike was that mm -hmm. studios literally wanted people to come in. They wanted to pay them a day rate of like two hundred dollars to scan <laughs> them them like their body yes. and their likeness, full body scan, use them in perpetuity for yeah. background actors. So they would just insert these people as AI and as CG CGI in every movie for the next who knows how many years. Which is so insane because, yeah, it means like you're not getting paid and it's your likeness and, being and used. And thank you. And that's what I was going to go on yeah. to say. The, the, you would only get paid that one time. So you could appear in a thousand yep. movies. You would get paid $200 and you're in a thousand movies. Like that's yeah. one time wild. payment. So, you know, listen, yeah. if the gladiator can stick a bunch of fucking colored Q-tips in a scene to fill a stadium and no one knows, <laughs> then I think they'll be fine. <laughs> Josh, I think about that all the time. Okay. The, when I found out there were Q-tips, I was like, you're joking. You're the lying genius, to me. The genius of filmmaking sometimes is amazing. Yeah. Or use miniatures. Like they did it for Star Wars. I mean, whatever. Yeah. You can make it work. Like, you know, stop. Yes. Stop being lazy. Stop trying to rip fucking people off. Like, you know, yeah. it's just. And stop overusing the visual effects department. I mean, Jesus oh fucking God. Christ. Well, apparently it sounds like, well, not. They need, wait, to, they need to strike next. That's what I was going to say. Uh, there has been talk. I think the first union for graphics uh, folks just materialized. Just created. Recently. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that would be exciting. And I could see them going on strike because of how their working conditions are. And they should. It's like. Why God, but Disney alone with Star Wars and Marvel and just Disney projects. I mean, my God. Yeah. I mean, why not? They should. I'm trying to look at some of the other things that they got in this deal. And it looks like one of the other things that, you know, was really important to them, obviously, was streaming residuals. And that's something they were yes. really trying to push hard. It doesn't sound like they quite got there with residuals. They did. It mm -hmm. did sound like they got a raise in um, – the rates of traditional residuals, but they have something and they haven't re released all the details of this contract, but something called, mm -hmm. it's like a bonus for yeah, participation participating. bonus. So it almost sounds like it's kind of a residual, but it might be a residual that's above what they're currently receiving in terms of like, if this goes to streaming, like, right. Yeah. Like you get this big payout for it going to streaming and then you get, it says, um, traditional residuals. So I imagine it'll be the same, like traditional residuals are kind of tiered where the payments per played episode get lower and lower as time goes on. So if you think about friends, like friends has been playing on network television since it was created. Um, and so technically all the actors would be getting residuals from that, but it's been less and less like, you know, that went off the air in like what the two thousands. And so I think now they get like, what, like maybe 10 cents an episode, if that, 
Um, but it seems like there's something maybe they set up similar to streaming, probably not at the same rates, but you know, we'll see. I wonder if it's something like, you know, Hey, you know, you know how like let's take Seinfeld for example. Seinfeld mm-hmm. has gotten bounced around to a couple of different networks. They've gone to Netflix. They've gone yep. to well, they were on Hulu for a little while, I believe, and and then I think they went to one of the other streaming platforms for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, to me, that would I would hope that that means that every time you're bounced around to a new platform, like you know, sold. you get a check. You get a check. Yeah. Like you should every single time. Like here's your bonus. Here's your mm-hmm. bonus. I mean, that would be like. But do you think this also relates to shows that are just streaming for the, like, you know, it's an only streaming show? I would hope so. Like I would hope that it would. I would hope that this, because they talk about a traditional structure for right. residuals. So I would hope that, yes, you might get paid for season one. Like if you're in a show of Stranger Things, right. you get paid for season three because you were in season three. But then. When that gets rewatched again, and I and I think probably there has to be some maybe parameters. just year by year. Maybe, maybe. it's like every yeah. year it goes down because essentially most streaming is in perpetuity; it's forever yes. as long as the network exists. So it's like, you know, Netflix shows you can watch Netflix shows that came out ten years ago. Um, so I I wonder if it's like that where it's like you it's basically a set amount and it goes down every single year that the show exists. Maybe, maybe. Well, I'm sure we'll find out more as more details right, get leaked out about out. this because this is very new. And and we should say the the deal was ratified by like I think almost ninety percent of the membership. So yeah, uh, the membership seems to be in support of this. And uh, I think Fran Drescher is going to get a statue at some point uh, somewhere <laughs> because fucking she real. fucking should. After all of this, I mean, the longest yeah. strike in history. She better get a plaque or you know something. And she's like, this. not on my fucking watch. Not right? on my fucking watch. The like, nanny. She does not play games. She's not fucking around. And you know what? No. Nanny has always been pro-union. Always. She Hello. The, OG, the, OG. the episode when she's like, she's like, my she's like, my mother told me never cross a picket line. <laughs> fucking right. So <laughs> fucking <good>. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jade, I thought we'd turn to some negative though, because we're happy that the actors are back to work and that they have gotten some fair compensation for their efforts. But yes being selfish here jade we want to see some fucking movies because there's some great shit that's supposed to come out next year but we know that some stuff's already gotten pushed and one of the things i'm most sad about jade is that we're gonna have to wait an additional like three months for deadpool 3 Oh, I mean, it's just not a three months <laughs> it is it is a little upsetting because it's I, like i've been wanting to watch this movie forever so obviously I am exci- the sooner the better. I am excited that this is not getting pushed all the way to 25, though. Because some movies, yeah. So that would have been a tragedy. But I feel like, not to give shit to Ryan Reynolds here, but a little bit, like I feel like a Deadpool movie you could really pull off in a three-month schedule. Like you could really just get that thing shot. <laughs> and as long as you can get the CGI department behind you, you'll be just fine. You get well, that done. That's also a movie that's very forgiving. You could easily write off any bad CGI or any sparse looking scenes. And he could easily just make a joke about it. A joke about like, it. Like, well, we would have more people in the background, but the actors were on strike. You know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Dude, do you think... I- if that's now, if that's not in the movie, something that talks about that. Can you I imagine would, like it's yeah. it's Deadpool and he's like handing out sandwiches to the striking actors? Or what if what he's, I mean? like, he's like, sorry, here you go, here you sorry go. this bit is not as clever. Uh, I'm just going to write clever dialogue here because the writers were on the strike. strike. And, he, and he's just like, just imagine I said something very funny. And it just cuts right. to the he's next like, scene. With no- <laughs> yes. Or it's just like a, a screenshot of like the script that says like insert funny quip here. <laughs> 
you know, just whatever. But like, you know what I mean? Like that's no, such an easy. And then he like writes in like the, the studio wouldn't give us any more money for rewrites. So this is all we have. This like, is what and we then did. That's yeah. it. <laughs> this is saying, I'm like, I feel like that's the movie that you could easily get away with. Like short like cutting corners you know what i mean oh, that'd be mm, that'd be amazing yeah. although we did get a little tidbit of deadpool 3 obviously we know that hugh jackman is returning as wolverine even though he said that he was retired from the character but because he's besties with ryan reynolds i mean obviously but is, we also is anyone not besties with ryan reynolds like i feel like how can he not be He's had such yeah. a resurgence. Like he's totally made us forget about his past that he once Ugh. threw around the F word for gays in movies like Waiting and Ben Wilder. Ben Wilder and everything yeah. else like that. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm not that guy anymore. I'm I'm cool guy. I'm a, I'm cool a dad. Guy. And I'm married to Blake yeah. Lively. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we do, we have an interesting crossover. We are getting Jennifer Gardner returning in her role as Electra in this film. So this is an interesting one. I'm a little bit excited about that because I, too. I was not a fan of the lecture that Jennifer Garner did originally. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like this could be a renaissance for the character because. Yeah, a little bit of redemption. Yeah, redemption. Because maybe we'll get what Jennifer Garner wanted to do or maybe a vision that Ryan Reynolds wanted mm-hmm. to see with Electra because. Well- I really liked the Electra in the Dead, uh, the sorry, not Deadpool, the Daredevil series. Ooh. It was really, really good. She was incredible. That was played by oh god, what is the actress's name? She is in the Cleaning Lady now. Uh, Ooh, I can't remember anything anymore, Jade. Like I, Elodie, a- I think her name's Elodie something. Hold on, <laughs> Elodie Ellie? Young. Yes, oh, there we Elodie go. Young. She played Electra in the Daredevil series, and she was phenomenal. I loved that version of the character. Jane, I know this one you'll be sad about. I was just looking down a list of movies that got pushed. And this did get pushed to 2025, November of 2025. That's the new Blade movie. I, this movie has taken entirely too long to come out since they announced it. Like, because to be fair, like, to be fair to this movie, it did already get it got pushed before, like right around the writer's yes, strike time. It was, and it, it was pushed again. Yeah, so it was pushed, and then it was pushed again. So I think they're mm-hmm. already having a few production hiccups, you know, with this or pre-production. But it was supposed to originally come out in February of twenty-five, and I, if I'm not mistaken, this might be me just wishful thinking, but I thought it was a Q4 release for twenty twenty-four when they first first announced. Same. It. Yeah. Well. And and I've been following it on IMDb, and it had, I think, an original release date in 2024. And then it just keeps getting pushed and keeps getting pushed. And now it's at the end of the year in 2025, which is nuts to me. Because, look, I have Marvel fatigue on the real, which I think almost all of us do. Everyone does. Everyone, Everyone does. does. But what I love is Blade is like a whole new character, and his story and his kind of world isn't the same Marvel world. Like, you know what I mean? Even though like, yes, he's part of the Marvel universe technically, but like to me, Blade feels so outside of it. And I know they're pulling him in, in this kind of weird way, but like, I feel like this is like a fresh, I don't know, like a fresh character. Like I, you know, uh, Well, Jade, one of the things you won't be sad about Tom Cruise announced just last week that mission impossible, the new mission Impossible. I think it's the part two to the one that just came out. Is getting pushed oh, to 2025. Oh, yep. sad. Sad. Very sad. Um, another film, though, that I cannot believe that is getting pushed, but it's 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 not pushed. 
terribly bad. We were supposed to get it uh, this year, but um, Challengers, and but now pushed to April. It was supposed to be released September fifteenth of this year, but now is released on April twenty sixth. That's the one starring Zendaya, Mike Fast, and Josh O'Connor about the tennis stars. Oh yes! Oh, I didn't know that was mm-hmm. getting pushed because they were. That was actually being heavily promoted in theaters, like four yes. or five months ago. Yeah, and that's remember that you typically promote stuff in theaters that's coming out in a couple months. Couple months. So, yes. So this so, was supposed to be released fall of this year, but now it's going to be released in April of next year. Interesting. I wonder why that would be. I wonder. Oh, you know why? I bet you they want Zendaya out there promoting the shit out of that movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's more the than problem. likely because it's yeah. shot. We know, that movie's done. Like there's it's nothing been done. Else. It's been done. Yeah, it's. I think they wanted the promo because I think they knew if it just got released in theaters without her Not doing the enough. rounds, it wouldn't be strong enough. People wouldn't mm. know to go see it. Because um, like even when I talk to some people about Challengers, they're like, "What is that? What is that again?" I'm like, "I get is it yeah. a movie with the tennis stars." They're like, "Oh, I, that I is kind true of because something. you only know about it if you've been going to the movies. You oh, that's the only, like I haven't yes. seen any social media about that. I haven't seen anything. Right. Yeah. And I think where so, a lot of movies that were in like you know this summer that were in like Barbie and a couple other films, mm-hmm. why they got lucky with the writers and actor strike was because the actors were. St- had already shot all their promos. They had already done all of yes. their interviews. So mm-hmm. all the movies well, that came out this summer didn't Barbie, really see ill effects. Barbie was right before the actor strikes. So the actors yeah. were able to do the red carpet. They were able to do all that stuff. Yeah. Who um, was it though? I thought there was a red carpet event for like an event for Barbie or Oppenheimer. Something was going on and like the actors left. It was left Oppenheimer's. In the it was they Oppenheimer's left. red carpet. They yep. had to leave in the middle of it. Yep. Yep. Um, but another one that seems to be pushed is spider-man beyond the spider-verse which i think we knew that though because it's gonna happen that was happening i think that that started to be talked about being pushed around the time of the writer strike and i don't know that Mm -hmm. that movie's even fully developed out yet but it did surprise me it must i i was probably wrong about that assumption because they're saying that's due to come out in 2024 so i have to imagine that that movie is probably fully animated at this point possibly or Or that or pretty close yeah it might be too like they already have all the voiceover work it's just finishing up some other stuff or maybe there's like a few things that they've been waiting like often with an animation sometimes they have to bring actors back in to redo voice work if they change something Mm -hmm. so that might have been it too where like they might have been pretty much complete up to that point, but there were some things they need to rework and they've been waiting to get the actors back. And that's, you know, that would almost make more sense because this is a part two. This one is truly a part two of the Spider-Verse. Like this isn't like the last Spider-Verse movie where, you know, this there was a sequel. Mm-hmm. This is like part two of the sequel. So well, I yes. almost wonder if they shot both of those movies at the same, time. the same time. So mm-hmm. maybe it was, you know, already almost fully animated. Maybe most of the voice work, like you said, was already done. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, they're just waiting for those touch-ups because they couldn't do shit because they were gone. Or maybe they needed, maybe they needed some rewrites and they're like, Oh fuck. Uh, we can't really do that either. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? I, am freaking stoked about that even though it's obviously pushed, but it's going to at least happen is mortal Kombat two. Oh, Oh man. Apparently they were already shooting when the strikes happened 
Um, but I'm so excited because Joel McHale was cast as Johnny Cage. They were shooting in Queensland, Australia since June. Um, it, even though it's pushed, I'm just excited we're getting it. Because <laughs> I think if you guys have been listening from the beginning, the Mortal Kombat remake was like, is like one of my favorite films. And I know that so many people might poopa on that and be like, really? But it, it was. So I'm excited we're getting a sequel. I've been wanting to do a sequel. So. <laughs> you know, I think this is a movie that you talked about in one of our upcoming that we're excited about. And I'm going to go back to superhero movies here. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to come out, I want to say this year. I think it was supposed to come out this year. And it got pushed to April of 2024. And this is a movie called Challengers. And it's with... Um, I just talked about that. Oh, no, not Challengers. Damn it. No. <laughs> I saw a name. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> sorry. Thunderbolts. That's the one. I was in the wrong place on my list. Thunderbolts. It got. I'm yes, sorry. Yes, yes. It got pushed from the end of next la- next year, so the mm-hmm. end of uh, yeah. 2024, to this July of 25. Florence Marvel Pugh. villain movie. Yeah. So we have David Arbor, Florence Pugh, Sebastian Stan, Julie Wee Dreyfus is going to be in this, and uh, Iowa Dabiri. Great, great cast. Mm-hmm. Really excited to see this. Um, it's so funny. I I meant Thunderbolts, and like I was looking at Challengers, and I start. I was gonna start saying this is the movie about like the <laughs> the villains of Marvel. Um, yeah, I was like, Ooh, what are you talking about? But yeah, we we have to um, wait six more months now. So I have to imagine yeah. that this this movie was probably in pre production when both mm-hmm. strikes were going on. So I'm hoping that it's still going to be good and we're still going to see a great film out Same. of this. Um, and I love maybe- a good anti-hero film. Like, yeah. you know, we've raved about obviously the suicide squad, which was brilliant. Um, I also, I don't know if anyone else, I loved um, the legends of tomorrow on CW. So like on CW, they have kind of the Arrowverse of like DC comics because they had arrow and then they had the flash and those were connected. And then the villains from both arrow and flash um, kind of created their own, um, kind of like again, like anti-hero team, which was DC Legends of Tomorrow, which had like Black Canary in it. There was like Frost and Ice, um, and some other people. And anyways, really, really good. So I have high hopes for Thunderbolts. I hope it doesn't let me down. <laughs> I'm I'm in the same boat. And one last one, Jade, before we start talking about our movie this week is. Mm-hmm. I'm really kind of sad about this because it's one of the handful of shows on. HBO, or I should say Max, that I'm Ugh. very much looking forward to. They're mm-hmm. pushing the next season of White Lotus, so season three, <gasps> which is being shot uh, reportedly in Thailand. So we're getting an Asian. Uh, yes, we're we're in Asia now. Everyone was predicting. We're I'm so we're excited. Um, it was supposed to come out in 2024. It's now being pushed all the way to 2025. So Oof. I think that has a lot to do with HBO and the way they produce their shows. They like to have everything shot and finalized before they even put it on the slate. So I think that mm-hmm. just out of abundance of caution, they probably push that. And I have to imagine, you know, with that much of a push, they probably didn't even finish writing the entire season before. No. The writer strike happened. So, no. Yeah. Which, and you don't want to fuck up a show like that. I mean, you've had two amazing seasons. I mean, that show just prints Absolutely. Emmys. Like, there's. Well, I, I wonder too, like, you know, the thing with with all this that people have to think about too is actor schedules because everything got yeah. pushed and everything's changing. You have to think about 
okay, you locked in these Who's committed actors. to what? Yeah. Right. But like maybe one of their other projects got pushed. They are committed to that first. And now they have to finish that project up before they can start on this project. So a lot of times that's another reason why some of these things end up taking even longer is simply scheduling because now everything has been kind of fucked. So what's going to be sad too, is to see what TV series end up tanking. Cause I think TV is going to take it the hardest uh, because oh, that's what happened absolutely. last strike. And there were yep. plenty of you know, shows and seasons and everything else like that, that just were canceled, pushed back, or just ended up tanking because they sucked yeah. so hard when they came back. I mean, we've already had a lot of cancellations to begin with. Um, even now, even after the writer's strike ended, some shows still got the ax because I think the studios were kind of like, you know what? It's time to move forward. Time to just, yeah, we haven't, you know, it doesn't seem worth it to, to bring it back, to bring everyone back. And they're like, let's just move on to something new. And it really sucks because we've lost some some good ones out there, you yeah. know? Movie review. First look. Well, okay, let's take a quick look at our movie this week, which is Fingernails. It's streaming now on Apple TV+. Plus. It stars the likes of Jerry Allen White, which we all know and love from Shameless and the Bear. Um, but Jade... I'm going to toss it to you. What are some first thoughts on the movie Fingernails? Um, so I knew this was going to be kind of like a little bit of an indie darling film. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be like something interesting happening every second of every moment. But <laughs> I have to say, it's just like, it's a little too slow. And I'm usually okay with slow films like this, like things that take its time, that sits in moments, that has a bit more artistry. But this genuinely, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like nothing is happening. I, here's here's the, I know I talk a lot about this, about copying, right? You know, there, mm -hmm. but that I feel like in art of any kind, their copying will happen because people are inspired by other people. People like to watch each other's art and work. And, you know, that's how you build new things is you learn and acquire yeah. and, and you pump out something else. Like I, you could argue that anything is a copy or a ripoff of something else, you know? Of course. This is another example of a great idea, of a great concept that other people have done better. You talked yes. about this being slow. I totally agree. I. I can get into a mindset where I watch certain movies. I love indie movies. And like you and I, yeah. you, I know you have, I do. I've watched some out there shit that like I wouldn't recommend <laughs> to my average friend because like yeah, I know they'd be bored. But like just because they're bored, it's not because it's not, doesn't mean it's not good. You know, like there are plenty of films out there that I can argue for in terms of being great that might be slow, that might be a little, you know, just like not something I would put on to eat popcorn and like have a relaxed full night. Like that's not what I would recommend. No. So going into an indie film like this, I sometimes have that level of expectation. This was slow <laughs> without the need. Like you could yes. have cut out entire sections of this film. And I'll, I'll give you an example. And this is a, this is a show that you've, you've rally cried for that, that you convinced me to watch shade. Mm -hmm. A good example of a slow show or movie is normal people. Yes. Normal people has plenty of silent, of just people sitting in a room doing almost nothing, mm -hmm. having a conversation or sitting in an uncomfortable moment that just leaves you with this, I could watch 
like I could sit here and watch these two people in uncomfortable silence for five minutes and I would yes. still be entertained by what I'm seeing. Right. That is not the feeling I got with this film. And I, I think it's Same. just because I don't know if it's the I think it's just a combination of a lot of things. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think that the performance was demanded of them that needed to be for a film of this type of the Agreed. actors. I don't think that the writing was where it needed to be. It just there's a lot and, and even things like the soundtrack. There's there's a lot you can do to fill space that doesn't have to be dialogue that doesn't necessarily have to be you know over the top amazing acting there's there's a lot that can be done and it just doesn't feel like those gaps mm-hmm. were filled in this movie i think Agreed. a great concept that maybe just wasn't executed correctly no i think yeah i i completely agree and it's just a shame because again it's i i've watched a lot of movies that have a very similar concept it's something that i actually quite enjoy i love this idea of like what if we could determine like who our soulmates are supposed to be or who are, who we love or whatever through, you know, no, no more second guessing, right? Like someone's figured it out for us. Um, and some great examples of that are like the lobster, um, timer, the one on Netflix, like, lobster. you know, there's, yeah, like there's other better examples of this concept. And this to me, I felt like number one, not only was it not, I think explained properly to the audience, like it felt a little convoluted, but two, for something that's supposed to be based on this love, I did not feel love between any of the characters, any of them. I, like, I did. I, I will argue with you at this point, Jade, because I do want to keep people around to like listen to. There are some good things about this, there, yes. and there, I think there are some very real moments in some of the frustration and the relationships mm. that are being talked about. And I think those concepts were very good and I enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. I wish they were fleshed out a little bit more, but there are times I was almost screaming at the TV because of like maybe things that resonated with me or that I was thinking about like in these situations that I've dealt with Mm -hmm. myself and going, I, I understand this feeling and it's hard, hard to put into words. And I think they tried to capture that essence on the screen. So yeah, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to review our movie this week. It's called Fingernails. It's streaming now on Apple TV+. And now our feature presentation. Have you guys taken the test? Yeah. Three years ago, we were positive. Felt like a weight had been lifted. I founded this institute to take the risk out of love. No more uncertainty. No more wondering if you've chosen the right partner. No more divorce. We were the first to build the machines to conduct the test to make the bond of love stronger. Our movie this week is Fingernails. It's streaming now on Apple TV+. It stars really a whole has a fantastic cast. You have Jesse Buckley, who plays Anna, who stars in things like Men, which I haven't seen yet and I want Mm -hmm. to, Women Talking, which is something that will rip your fucking soul right out of your (laughs) asshole, Uh, and also Fargo the TV series, which I forgot she was on. She she has like one of those faces where I, I go, I know I've seen you in things, and then I looked her up on IMDb. She can like adapt into any character, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, like some people just become the character and you kind of forget about them as an actor. Like this is not a diss to her because she's an attractive looking woman. She's very like, beautiful. But-, but she has like a face that I feel like just does well. You know, like you said, that I think can really 
be that character actor. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I feel like some people have a really recognizable, like sharp features that you're like, oh, like, yeah, I know you, you know them right you, away. No matter I know you what right away. hair they have, no matter 100%. what clothes they have. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't think she, I think she has that ability. Um, yeah. We also have Riz Ahmed, who plays Amir. Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed uh, which I wonder if like he just gets, now that Riz is a slang term, if that's what he just, <laughs> it's like Riz. Um, he's got the Riz. <laughs> he got the Riz. Uh, but he's been in things like Sound of Metal, the OA, and Venom and Girls. Yeah, he's an I mean, Oscar winner, Oscar winning actor. That's right. He is mm -hmm. for Sound of Metal, right? I think so. Or yeah. one of his other ones, but yeah. Anybody, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I think we, he won for a short actually. And he was nominated for Sound of Battle. He was. You're right. He won did win for a short film because we talked about this last week. Yes. Um we also have Jeremy Allen White, who of course we know mm -hmm. from Shameless and the Bear. We have Luke Wilson, who's in this <laughs> as Duncan, who I mean, it's been like We everything. all know Luke Wilson. Yeah, Luke Come Wilson. On. I mean, do I have to have two and Someone who's uncredited on IMDb because I think IMDb is slipping. We have a guest appearance from Andy Murphy in this film. Yes, so random. So really a great, I think, cast of things written and directed by kind of a newcomer to feature length films, Christos Nico. Nico, I think is how you say that. I'm not sure, but written and directed mm -hmm. by him. He doesn't have many credits to his name. He has a few shorts and he has a bunch of crew credits on a number of different movies, uh, but nothing where he's directed or written really uh, yeah. any of other feature films. But Jade, I know I've just run through a whole bunch of actors and other bullshit, but <laughs> for those people out there who don't know what the fuck this movie is about, it is a little out there. What is mm -hmm. this film about? It's about Anna who increasingly suspects that her relationship with her longtime partner may not actually be the real thing. And in an attempt to improve things, she secretly embarks on a new assignment working at a mysterious Institute designed to incite and test the presence of romantic love and increasingly desperate couples. Yeah. That's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's dive into it. So I did, as I mentioned before, there were a few things I did like about this film. Uh, let's start with yeah. treasure Jade, you know, for me in this movie, I found the concept fascinating. Like I found this concept mm -hmm. of, you know, right. Like I feel like anytime you enter a new relationship, especially like you get this idea of like, is this just infatuation? Is this mm -hmm. just because I'm horny? Is this just because yeah. I'm lonely? Is this, or is it just me? Am I the only one that has any of these feelings and this person's going to fuck me over kind of a thing. And, and I think this movie tries to seek, out an answer in some kind of science fiction way to those questions that people have through right. this magical device and also program that they kind of create to ensure that you are an actual match for this other person in your life. <laughs> and, and it, you know, I, I did enjoy especially some of the Institute's programming that they did where you had these various couples mm going through these different tests and different acts to show that they were compatible or that mm -hmm. they actually felt something for the other person. It was kind of, I don't, I don't know, kind of fascinating to watch like, you know, how each person reacted and how they went into each one of these scenarios to kind of prove mm -hmm. that they loved each other. And then to see the fallout, the, yes, we're a hundred percent a match. Like, this is great. Like we're so happy to continue forward with this or you get a zero or 50% and you're left wondering like, why the fuck are we even still here together? Yeah. With each other, you know? 
you know, like that whole bit of it was very interesting for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to kind of bounce off of that, like I thought this concept of finding the compatibility through the fingernails, because they said that they're kind of saying the beginning of the movie that when you have a heart attack, a lot of times the symptoms or the signals of what you're about to have one can be seen through your fingernails, kind of, they turn like blue or, um, kind of like, I don't know. There's like something that happens to them. So they kind of took that concept of like, our hearts are connected to our fingernails. And what if our heart, not only as a literal organ, but as this emotional piece of our bodies could determine like love. And it's so interesting to me. I, I love, um, the, the stylization of this film. It seems like it's almost set in a time that you can't pinpoint, like they mm. seem to only contact each other on landlines. There's no like cell phones being used, um, but the clothing and style seem kind of like nineties, but they can also feel like modern, but then like the technology specifically at the place that they're testing feels like very sixties. Like there's a very old like monitor. I, I was going like, to say sixties, seventies, like somewhere there yeah. felt very like retro. It felt Wes Anderson ish, like almost. Yes. It's kind of this idea that I think a lot of films do where they want it to feel not in a specific time. So they play with a bunch of different eras in the same kind of film so that if you were to watch this 10 years from now, you can't place it specifically. Like it feels timeless in a way, um, which I thought was interesting. And I always kind of love when a film film does that, you know, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is supposed to be the future. This is something that's like, like new technology. It still feels kind of retro. I and I did, one of the things I did enjoy was there were moments, especially when they were talking about relationships and I'm specifically talking about the characters of Anna played by Jesse Buckley. And Mm -hmm. I think more so Ryan played by Jeremy Allen white. And and even Mm -hmm. in some ways, I mean, Riz did great. Like he did a great performance as always. Um, and I, and I enjoyed those interactions, but really to me, Jesse Buckley and Jeremy Allen white, some of their interactions as a couple who is it in all intents and purposes, they're, they're a happy couple who is living together, like, thriving, including each other in their lives. And Mm -hmm. there, I feel like some very raw moments in between those two characters where you have, you know, Jeremy Allen White on one side kind of saying, I'm happy. I'm satisfied. Like I want, I like my life. I like where I'm going and I Mm -hmm. enjoy being with you. Like those are things that I know. And, And I try to give you what you need in this relationship because I enjoy being in a relationship with you. Like I am trying to fulfill yourself. I hope you're trying to do the same with me. And I, I feel Mm -hmm. like he's very honest in this movie and there's some great acting that goes on and some great dialogue that they get. Um, and Jesse Buckley too, kind of playing that opposite of like, yes, like I want to be reassured that we have a great relationship, but at the same time, she's trying to convince herself that she's happy when she's not. And she's going, I am not happy. I don't have a reason. Mm -hmm. Like you're not abusive. This is not, like an I'm in a trapped situation. I just, she almost does feel trapped in a way in the relationship, but doesn't know how to end it in a way. And I, and I enjoyed yeah. that kind of dialogue, like, and seeing some mm-hmm. of those scenes surrounding their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like to me, this was very much a good portrayal of that idea that like, you can be totally in love with someone and you can love your life and your relationship, you know, her, her character and Ryan got tested twice and both times they were a hundred percent. And in this world of fingernails, 
the these percentages, it's based on not your like compatibility or anything. It's based on how much you actually love each other. So it very much does depend on the person. It's not like, well, you work together as a couple. It's do you actually love each other? And it was 100%. And I think with that, like you saw that even though she loved him and she was part of this relationship, a part of her still felt like something was wrong or missing or she wasn't totally satisfied. And I think that also shows us that maybe love isn't enough. Maybe it's not the only thing, you know, like just because you could be so deeply in love with someone doesn't mean that necessarily the relationship works or is working or that even you yourself, like if you are not 100% putting yourself into it, then, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to function correctly. Cause obviously she was looking elsewhere and she, it proved that she also was in love with, um, Riz Ahmed's character, you know, where I, they got I want to 50%. talk about. I want to talk about that because I'm. Yeah. I, I want to dive into that a little bit more, and I think I'm going to put that in the trash court category for me, Jade. But <laughs> you know, the other thing, just just going again back to you know, like Jeremy Allen White, there's there's a part that really resonated with me in the movie, and I think it was probably one of my favorite scenes is when mm-hmm. she is asking him essentially because there was another couple that got retested just because yes. they they wanted mm-hmm. to know, and she had mentioned that a few times, and she comes to him in the middle of the night and is like. I, I really think I want to do this. And and he kind of brushes it off like, this is not important. Like, we already know. He tries to reassure her, but like, to him, it's not important. Yeah. And then he realizes later that she is serious, like that same night. And so she he mm-hmm. does the 180 and goes, you know what? This is important to you. Let's go right now. We're going to, I'm not waiting till right. morning. I'm not waiting to next week. We're doing it right now. And they get in the car and they go test. And he literally goes, like, we have done this. We have shown that we're hundred percent. This is the last time. Like I have done this for you. And and this is, I'm sorry, but this is the last time we're doing this. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, that was a genuine moment for me. Like I, having been in several long-term relationships, like there are moments like that where you do things for your partner because you know, it's important to them. But like, right. You have to sometimes draw that boundary and go, this is, we, I understood yeah. this was important. We have done this thing, but I have this boundary. Like that we should mm-hmm. establish in this. And and I was like, that's a very real thing. You know, that that's a moment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because in that moment, he's kind of like, look, like we can't keep questioning ourselves and our relationship yeah. and keep trying to get basically confirmation outside of ourselves. Like at that point, it's like, why are we together if you're continuously questioning everything? And, and to me, I wish they had taken that scene there. And I, I'm glad you brought that up <sighs> because that's where I wish they had taken the scene. I wish that he, his Same. character had been like, you know, had taken it to the point where he goes, I'm happy. We have done this. We have shown if you're not happy, let me know. Like if you are not happy, let me know and we can work through it or we can figure out Mm -hmm. what we're going to do. Because I think that's what we needed in that moment. Because like, I actually thought the movie was going to end after that. I did too. I thought it was like, she got what she wanted. She got her confirmation and she's coming to terms with like, Maybe it's meant to be, even if she's not 100% happy because she has that like look Jade. out, right? Where she's like, okay, but yeah, right? Like, didn't when, you when feel I, like that's when I it? saw, when I saw, so that was one of the moments, one of the like five times that I did the fucking up arrow to see how much time there was. And when I saw there was 15 <laughs> minutes left, I went, is this just going to be all credits and like extra shit? Like this, mm-hmm. there can't be more movie. There can't be more fucking movie after this. No, Josh, there was like another 20 minutes. After there was that. another 20, there was another tw- almost 20 minutes. Like, like it was yeah. wild. I was like, why, yeah. why? And that's why yeah, when I kept move, going, I was like, what? Let's move on to trash. Like, like, uh, yeah, let's talk yeah. about trash. We've already hit on a few things, Jade. So like the mm-hmm. movie's slow. 
it it just unreasonably felt slow. It it could have been 30 minutes less easily. I think it could have been a short film and would have been perfect, maybe Emmy award winning. Yeah. Emmy award winning, Oscar award worthy is what yeah. I'm there. Um, yeah. But and Jade, let's talk about the end of the movie. What what went wrong there? I, I don't understand okay. why it kept going after the Same. scene in the car. So there were several moments where I thought maybe it was going to end. So after the car scene, we basically, she, uh, Anna basically is still not convinced that her and Ryan are supposed to be together. And um, so she has this moment with Amir where there's a young couple they're testing and the, the boy's too scared to go through with it. So Amir's like, look, I'll do it for you or I'll show you. And he rips off his own fingernail. And then Anna like tests it right against her own, like secretly without him knowing. And then she gets 50%. So that had happened, I think prior to this scene, but then after the scene with Ryan, when it's confirmed they're hundred percent, she still goes to a mirror and she's like, I test her fingernails together and it's 50%. And he's like shocked and taken aback. She's like, but I just retested with Ryan. It's hundred percent. And she's like, so I think that means that you're in love with me, but I'm not in love with you, which I was like, how fucking cruel. Why why was that necessary? And I think she draws that conclusion because we we get a, a little sneak peek and and I think you mentioned this before, but like we get this oh, little yeah. conversation between Luke Wilson and herself mm-hmm. where he says, We don't really know when we get fifty percent who is in love and who isn't, but we do know that the same person can't be in love with another person. And I was like, Yeah, well, how the fuck do you know that? Like how how? Right. Have you have you done a lot of testing? Have you ripped off a lot of fingernails and like figured that out? Like I don't understand how right, you exactly. because I think it would have been a better story if she had been in love with both. Same. Yes. Well, and that's how I felt too. Is like I think me, they both should have been one hundred percent matches. That would have been an even better story. Thank you, and it would have been more interesting. Yes. I felt the same way because I was like, clearly she's also she's not giving up on a mirror the whole time, right? Because no, it eventually ends with them sleeping together. And she's at like the apartment with him. She's like, I don't want to go home. Like, I want to stay here with you. And then, which, by like, the way, can I just insert here, Jade? That's oh fucked up. That was fucked up. Like, she saying. is being the worst partner ever. That's like, what, that's literally what yeah. I'm saying. So it's like, it, it drives me crazy because not only did she say that to Amir, which I'm like, why would you even tell him that? Like, that's so fucked up to even be like, oh, I tested it and I found out you're in love with me, but I'm not in love with you. Like, fuck you. Fuck and you. Then, Yes. She's the worst. Then, She's the yes. absolute worst. And then later, basically, like after that, okay, by the way, after that scene happened and she crushed his heart again, I thought, oh, that must be the end. I think she's like, I, I figured it out. I'm not in love with him. It was infatuation. <laughs> this like, movie was like you know Re- I mean? Return of the King. This movie was like, where it had the false endings. Like Seven every, endings. you're like, yeah. it's going to end. It's going to end. And no. then like, and then when she finally comes to his door with the soup and they sleep together and it's like, they're like laying in bed together. Again, I thought it was just going to end there of like, okay, whatever. No, instead we You'd get be this, wrong. <laughs> this fucking conversation where Amir is like, so like, what do you, what's going to go on? Like, what's the deal with Ryan? And did she say, she's like, well, we have a hundred percent compatibility. So like, isn't she kind of like, I don't know if I'll leave him because. Yeah, something like that. And I'm like, you're the yes. biggest piece of shit. Like, yeah. y- you can't yeah. do this to people. Like you have, you literally had a partner mm-hmm. who was there for you a hundred percent. And look, I understand people leave people for all sorts all of time, reasons, yeah. but grow a pair of fuck. I literally wrote down like, what the fuck grow yes. up, talk to your fucking partner and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Or right, I'm like, having feelings for someone I'm else. Not, 
I like just there's be honest in our relationship and I'm not feeling a hundred percent in it. And like, I think we need to like take time move apart on. or like yeah. move on or something. But like the weirdest part to me was that very, very end is because she basically has a fucking panic attack moment where Amir's in the bathroom and then she starts ripping off her fucking fingernails, which I was like, I'm confused. Like, is she ripping them off? Cause she like wants to retest or like, is she just having like, I took it as like, she didn't want to retest anymore. Like she just wanted them all off. Like, I don't know. It was weird though. Like I didn't, I didn't get the meltdown. I didn't understand it. Cause literally guys, as soon as that happens, like Amir comes out and he's like comforting her. And then it's like cut to credits. And I was like, (laughs) sorry, what? (laughs) Like what? That's the ending. That's the ending. There's no like conclusion of like whether she wants to be with Amir or not whether she chooses him like there's no there's nothing that ties what the story is supposed to be about which is like can you love more than one person at the same time and you know what does it mean to love someone like you know does that yeah no I agree I you know sorry to cut you off but you know know, I was thinking about that meltdown because I was replaying it back in my mind because at that point I was so fucking angry and I wanted to be done with the Mm -hmm. movie but that meltdown scene would have been better if it had been done with Jeremy Allen White's character. Like if she had gone to sleep with Amir, left and came mm-hmm. back to Jeremy yes. at some point, you know, cut out Thank half you. that scene. And then she has a goddamn meltdown because she's feeling guilt from sleeping. She doesn't know yes. who she's in love with. And she starts ripping off all her fucking fingernails. Her and, he, and he comes and exactly. he's like, he's like, what's wrong? Like what's going on? And then just, you know, she's it's either just her crying and he's her like, crying and she's he, she either starts explaining or just cuts off there. And you're like, yeah, I'd be OK with that. That'd be more interesting than what happened. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm exactly like I feel like there were so many other ways to end this that I think would have made more sense than the way that it currently ended. And I just was I don't know. It was just confusing. And I didn't feel like it summed up the film well enough. Like ultimately, you know every movie is a story and stories don't have to be super long. As we know, we've talked about short films where it's something so small. Like the one that we watched last year that won an Oscar was literally about two brothers who haven't really spoken that come together at their mom's funeral. And his one brother is like, she has his bucket list of stuff and I think we should do it together. And he reluctantly does it. And it's just a series of quick shots of them doing the bucket list stuff. And it brings them together. And he finds out that that wasn't even real, but he was just happy. He got to spend that time with his brother anyways. And they reconcile. And that's a story. That's a fucking story, you know? And that was done in like, what, like 20, 30 minutes. Like, Oh, I think that was like a 30 minute film. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is two hours. And I still don't really know what, we were supposed to be following. Like it just, I don't know. It just wasn't enough there. And I had this, I agree. Like had this been cut down into maybe a 30 minute film, I think there would have been a story because you would have cut out all the extra bullshit that made no fucking sense. And I think it was the stuff, the long pauses, the moments where we didn't get enough clarity that Mm -hmm. I lost my connection with the protagonist. And I think that's what was the most frustrating part about this is that I didn't feel as connected as I should have been to the protagonist of the film. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's where it lost me. Also with all the, um, the testing they were doing at the facility was so fucking weird to me because (laughs) I know like you kind of liked it a little bit, but I just thought like some of the parts I was like, is this a true test of like love and and compatibility? Like when they were like all naked in a room and they had to like sniff out their partner's scent. And I was like that part a little bit, I will agree with you there. Yeah, But but also they had to like 
Remember they had to like sit underwater and stare into each other's eyes underwater. <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> and then when they had to do a skydive out of a plane. And then one, the poor guy was like, remember he, forget, he was like, I can't do this. Jake, I, can't do I this. thought and that I was, like, was fake. I thought it was fake. So like, obviously they weren't, they weren't in a real plane uh-huh. flying. They didn't have the budget for that because, but I thought it was fake. Like I thought they were just jumping. The actual exercise was fake. I, the, I thought the exercise was fake. I, but then I saw and they're like, nope, we're jumping. And I'm like, that's fucking insane. Like that's what I'm saying. I would be the same. Insane. I'd be like, like absolutely that- fucking not. We're not doing that. Like, no. Yeah. Right. I'd be like, how does that make you a compatible couple how does that make you like love each other i'd be like that's nuts and actually if anything the fact that his partner his girlfriend was like hey look he doesn't want to do this can we not do this that's i agree show that, that made me i was like that that should be like 100 percent compatibility points it's a pass like, yeah, yeah it's a pass. because she's protecting him and she is like supporting him and being like hey he's uncomfortable with this and yeah. she stood up for him and i was like yeah that's there you go but the rest of the testing was so fucking weird. I was like so confused by all of it. Also, also like I was, I, mean, I guess it's legal if you sign a contract, but I was just like, this is nuts. It's weird. Like, what did he die skydiving? Yeah. You're liable. It you would think. And and the fact that they had to go collect them after, and they were just like, remember, like the Beth was people were in a tree, and I was like, this no. is right. No. <laughs> So confused. Uh, also, um, Josh, they're not medically trained and they're ripping no. off people's fingernails. I I kept thinking about that too. I kept thinking. I was I'm like, like that's a little torture. Like, no, they're ripping off people's fingernails. Like, no. I, I'm like, they're giving them wood to bite down on, and I'm like, there's no anesthetic, like local anesthetic that you can give yeah. them or something. Like, you're just like, here, bite down on some wood, and I'm gonna rip it off with some pliers. What? Uh, it makes me a little sick Disgusting. too. I mean, no, <laughs> yeah, uh, I couldn't watch those scenes. <laughs> who who had the best performance for you, Jade? Though in this entire film. Ooh, you know, actually, I'm going to give it to Riz Ahmed in this one. Um, he's good. He's good. He's phenomenal. I think Jesse Buckley also did an incredible job, but I feel like I got so much more clear emotion from Riz. Like, I felt like in every scene he was in, I actually knew what was going through his head. Like, I understood where he was at, um, you know, emotionally, mentally, like I, you could tell his journey of kind of falling in love with her. I felt like there were a lot of times where Jesse Buckley as Anna, it wasn't quite clear. And I really wasn't sure. Like, it seemed like maybe was she just infatuated with him because of his position, right. Of like, cause she like, it almost seems like she loves love, like the way she watches mm. the, the couples and she's so invested in them. And she's like, you know, oh my God, we have to we have to continue their journey. Like we need to make sure like they're doing this, they're doing so well. To me, it almost felt like sometimes like she just loved seeing his role in helping these couples. And I wasn't sure if that was like, is I'm like, oh, she loved him or she's just like infatuated with this idea and this concept. But like, I don't know, Riz to me, I felt like I got a full performance from him. Like I felt what he was feeling deeply. Mm. I would agree to me. I think it was Riz Ahmed for me. And then right below him, like Jeremy Allen white, because he, mm. he came at it from a different perspective. It was, especially with the way his character was, uh, Jeremy yeah. Allen white. Um, but I feel like, I just think it's exciting because I think we're seeing Jeremy Allen white really mature as a actor. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we've seen him, I've seen him in a few other things aside from shameless and the bear, but like, 
I really feel like he's starting to hit his stride in terms of who he wants to be as an actor. And like, we got Absolutely. to see that. We got to see that street kid side of him and like, you know, shameless. <laughs> We've gotten to see, you know, the perfectionist mental breakdown chef, you know, character. And now, and this was just like, I think this just shows he's very versatile in terms of what he's able to do in his range. Oh, as absolutely. I'm um, excited to see him in Iron Claw. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Jade, I, I'm guilty of this. I didn't write down any fucking quotes. I didn't really have any. <laughs> okay. And I didn't I care did to have too. any. I just, it wasn't a very quotable film. There was nothing that anyone was saying that felt significant to me. Um No. I was in the same boat and I even tried to like look up quotes and I couldn't find There's any. <laughs> so I, I didn't feel alone in that camp. Um, to me, I felt like the, the less notable things were the quotes. And I think the more notable things were kind of specific moments, you know, yeah. and which we talked about in trash and treasure. So, you know, something interesting to think about in this, you know, and this might've changed the whole dynamic of the film, uh, one of the things in trivia was that Carrie Mulligan was supposed to be the original lead of this film I and not Jesse that. Buckley. That yeah. would have been very interesting um, because, I mean, for those who don't know who Carrie Mulligan is, you you do. Because if you watch movies, you've probably seen her in – I'm trying to think of what – Drive definitely is something for me that um, – you know, Great Gatsby. What was the yes. one that was like Call Manchester by the Sea? Um, she was in Promising Young Woman. Um Carrie Mulligan. She also, oh, I think, promising um, young woman. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and also she was with Heath Ledger. They have a child. They had a child together. Um, prior to obviously his passing. Oh yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Carrie Mulligan, I think, would have brought a very different performance than Jesse Buckley, and. Not to knock Jesse Buckley because I do think she's a great actress. Like obviously she's had incredible roles, but I do think maybe Carrie Mulligan would have brought something. I don't know, maybe a little bit more interesting to the role. Do you think? Maybe I think I think it could have. You know for sure. But you know, Jade, I think uh, it's time to give our rating of this film. Uh, where do you uh, rate this film? God, I feel like we've been on a streak here. It's a trash <laughs> for me. I yeah. Just, I almost, I was almost going to say shelf because I don't think it's terrible. It's not like a horrible thing to watch, but I also would not recommend it to literally anyone. I'd be like, save no. the two hours, it's, you know, it, go watch. I would agree. Anything else. It's, yeah. it's trash. Like it's, you know, if you're really an indie person and you love indie films, like this is interesting. Like, like this. you yeah. might like this in terms of like, Oh, if this director does anything else, like I saw this. Like artistically, like, I think it's done. We're done. Well. Yeah. And I yeah. and I think I could totally see some people ripping off elements of this and making something more interesting. But sure. I mean, honestly, if you're a casual watcher and you don't really care, don't bother. Like yeah. you'll, be, you'll be fine. It's not the entertainment value is very, very low. Very, and very, I think, very low. Again, we've mentioned before, other people have done a similar plot better. So, you know, yeah. if anything, go watch those. Go watch the lobster, go watch timer. I need to watch time for myself. Well, anyway, that was our review of the new Apple TV Plus film. It's called Fingernails. Let me ask you something. Why do you work at the Institute? Maybe you understand love a little better. I really want to learn how the exercises help you connect. Why are we doing this? I thought it'd be fun. It's just messy, that's all. 
I think it's normal to get into a bit of a routine. I think relationships should be worked on every day. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. I was wondering if it was possible that one person could be in love with two people at the same time. It's a biological impossibility. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. And once again, our movie this week was Fingernails. It's streaming again on Apple TV Plus. If, you know, you want to watch it, you don't have to. It's fine. Yeah. But, Jade, we were <laughs> talking about some films that we're excited for com- that are coming up, if I could speak again. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we can't have a conversation about upcoming movies without A24, the probably best fucking TV movie or movie production house that's in existence right now. The ones that are going to have all their releases on time because they very early came out and supported the writers and the actors and had like three, four Mm -hmm. movies in production. One of these movies that's coming out at the end of this year is called the iron claw. And Jade, I know you've been very excited about this. I feel like you've been talking about it nonstop. (laughs) Why is this movie so exciting and why should we be looking forward to it at the end of the year? Well, um, first of all, it's based on a true story of the inseparable Von Erich brothers who made history in the competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. So it's always fun to watch something based on a true story, but also stars three very young, attractive and extremely talented men. Uh, It stars Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White and Harris Dickinson. Um, And I think what's so brilliant about this is one, not only does just looking at like the trailer, the promos and everything, like it's going to be a beautifully well-told story. That's probably going to make me cry. Cause as we know, everything makes me cry. Um, <laughs> but the, they know what they're doing to promote this film. Okay. They're like 1980s wrestling. I think we're going to get one type of audience member, right? How do we get the other type of audience member post their straps on TikTok? And let me tell you, it's doing the job correctly because there's <laughs> There's one video. You said this to me. <laughs> I did. Um, that A24 posted that I was like, this is the best thirst trap I've ever seen in my life. It's just a slow-mo sweep of like Jeremy Allen White, Harris Dickinson, and Zach Efron sitting on hay bells. And they're like eating ribs and it's like really messy. And like when they zoom in on Jeremy Allen right, like white, he's like staring directly at the camera and he's just like wiping sauce on his shirt, which like any other time, I'd be like, disgusting, disgusting. using a napkin. <laughs> this, I was like, oh, oh, my, oh my God. Like, it was so seductive. I was like, I was in it, in it. And it like pans over to like Harris Dickinson. And he just like slowly brings the rib up to his mouth and like suckles on it. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And then we get, <laughs> and then we get to Zach Efron, who like tears away from the rib. And he's just like, like sucking the sauce off his fingers. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh my god! And yeah, I was like, "This, this is... on the you can't put this on the internet." <laughs> They're getting the girls' gays and days with this video. I was like, "Oh, yeah, the girls' days and gays." <laughs> yeah, because think about it. Again, it's like 1980s wrestling. You're like, "Oh, we're just gonna get guys like straight men," and they're like, "We need to get where's our other audience members?" And this yeah. was it. This was it. I was like, "Sign me up, babe." And there's another <laughs> one of like an Entertainment Weekly like video shoot that they did where it's like the three of them and. They're just kind of like lined up and they're like fixing themselves and they're like coats and pressed jeans and cowboy boots. And then in the end, like Zach Efron, like takes, you know, a folding chair and like smacks the camera. And I was like, oh, everything. This is everything. <laughs> I'm like, replay. <laughs> I watched it 12 times. Um, but yeah, no, it's the marketing has been incredible, which makes me believe that 
this is definitely going to be a film that I think is going to touch on probably a plethora of subjects. I feel like A24 at this point, we've talked about them a lot in the show, but mm-hmm. I feel like A24 for me at this point is Pixar in the 2000s, early 2000s. Yes. Like <laughs> th- I will watch everything until they prove me wrong because there is not a miss that I've seen in the last five years. I haven't seen one yes. miss. I will watch everything. Putting out incredible yeah. films. It seems like they trust their writers and directors to produce a film that's like worthy of audiences, you know, like you have to think about these big production companies that don't trust writers and directors. And they're like, no, we can only do sequels and we can only do like reboots. And it has to be this big action blockbuster flick. Right. And I think to that point, I think also, because we see this a lot in streaming where they kind of just seem to select some people and go make a movie and it doesn't end up to be great. I I think there must be a team or a criteria that's set Mm -hmm. up by a producing staff or an executive producing staff where they go, here are the criteria. Here's what we want. If you can bring us this, we will green light your picture. And I feel like they are attracting the correct talent that is just pumping out. I mean, this has to be, it's it's an Oscar factory at this point. Like, I mean, it is just- I, I can't think of anything that doesn't deserve at least some accolade. Like, talk to me. We did, we reviewed that movie. Uh, I tell everyone, like, anyone who's into horror, I'm like, that is easily the best horror movie I've seen this year. Easy. Like, there's no so question good. about it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, I want – that's one of the few films that I want to see the sequel. Like, I want it to come out tomorrow. Yes. Because I want to know absolutely. what the next chapter in that universe is. I want to know what it's like. Yep. What's Same. interesting, too, is – um. You know, for those who who don't know, because it took me a minute to figure this out, Harris Dickinson. So, of course, we talk about Zac Efron. You should know who that is. Jeremy Allen White. We talk yeah. about him all the fucking time. Uh, Harris Dickinson is uh, one of his roles is in the Triangle of Sadness. If you've watched that yes. film uh, with us, that's where I recognize him from because I was like, his face looks so familiar. Where have I well, seen this man before? He's in a ton of things. Like he's in um, the King's Man. He was in um, what was it? Where the Crawdads uh, Sing. <laughs> yeah, see how they run, which is oh, yeah. also dead. yeah, um, Maleficent and Dark Crystal, Darkest Minds, Trust of the the Jean Paul Gotti saga, which was incredible. Um, so yeah, he he's been in quite a few things. He's a British actor, so depending on how much British film and television you consume as well, might determine where you've seen him. But yeah, no. He's been in a number of things. It's also written and directed by uh, Sean Durkin, who recently mm-hmm. has done the series Dead Ringers uh, that I didn't finish it, but it was still very oh. well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I never watched it either, but you know, he's got some he's got some good accolades, it looks like, under his belt. Definitely a lot of like indie, definitely seems like a little bit of horror, a little bit of thriller as well. Yeah. So I'm excited. So. I'm, just, I'm excited to see what this what this film brings, but since it doesn't come out to December, we can't review that next week, Jade. So we thought we would do something that looks a little more lighthearted. We've I feel like we've done a lot of horror in the last couple of months due to Halloween yeah. and that whole holiday, and we tried to change it up and do something a little bit indie, but we're looking for something a little bit brighter. And Jade, we landed on the movie Quiz Lady on Hulu. I'm excited for this. It looks good. We've got Sandra O. Oh. Aquafina is in it as well, which is okay. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know what it is about Aquafina. It's just, it's not for me. Like, it's She's it's a little okay. off-putting. Yeah. We do get Will Ferrell, Jason oh. Schwartzman, and Holland Taylor. So, um, and also a little guest appearance by Paul Rubens. <laughs> oh, I'm back in. I'm back in. Jason Schwartzman. Hale. 
Yeah. Where where can we go wrong? What's this movie about though, Jade? Um, it's about two sisters and one is a game show obsessed person and her sister and her are estranged. Um, but they end up having to come together to pay off her mother's gambling debts by entering a quiz show. I'm in this, this other side. I mean, at the very least, it just sounds like it could be a fun, entertaining watch. So if you want to follow along with us, you can watch quiz lady. It's on streaming now on Hulu, but Jade, where can folks catch up with us between now and next week? You guys can follow us on all of our socials. You're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Our Taste is Trash. You can also find us on our website, OurTasteIsTrash.com. Come back next week for our review of Quiz Lady. We're going to be reviewing that. It's streaming now on Hulu. To get ourselves a treat.